Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Bavarian Podcast Works post-game show. This is Chuck Smith, and I will be walking you through that disappointing 1-1 draw between Germany and Denmark. Uh, it was a friendly in preparation for the Euros, and uh, let's just be honest, there was not much different from the effort in Germany as we had previously seen in the UEFA Nations League and other friendlies. Uh, it's not to say that Germany was awful because they weren't. They just weren't good enough. And I think that that kind of marks the last three years under Yogi Love. Uh, it just really tells the story of how they've been. And this is why it will be Love's last tournament. And that we'll see uh, Hansi Flick take over uh, come September. Hopefully to breathe some life into this team as they desperately need it. Let's take a quick look at the game and how it ended up at 1-1. 47th minute after we had a scoreless first half, uh, Florian Neuhaus, who in my mind was the man of the match, he was uh, the most creative player for Germany, the most effective and impactful, I would say, as well. Uh, he was able to take advantage of a scrum in front of the net and uh, really just put home a pretty easy shot for a 1-0 lead. And at that point, Germany, it was kind of a back-and-forth game, but Germany was in control. You would say they had better opportunities, they had more possession. And even though they weren't quite clicking, uh, they were just the better team at that stage. But as the game would go on and Denmark would decide to open things up a bit, it did not work out for Germany like many thought it would. When Denmark decided to open up, it didn't create holes in their defense. In fact, they started to take advantage of uh, some over-aggressive offensive play by the wingbacks of Germany and start to find some holes and attack that three-man back line. And, uh, and they did it with success as Christian Eriksen just fed what could only be described as a beautiful pass to Yusuf Poulsen, who was able to beat Manuel Neuer in the 70th minute to make it 1-1, but the while the goal was nice, the pass by Eriksson was just out of this world. It was phenomenal. You can't really say enough good things about it. And Eriksson, who had had some good looks earlier in the game but could not connect, uh, was absolutely perfect on that one. And that was enough to tie the game and give us uh, <laughs> the end result, which I don't think anyone expected. Uh, you know, listen, this is not the Euro competition yet. Uh, this was the first friendly after a training camp. Uh, Germany obviously did not have all of its weapons available, but uh, nonetheless, this was not great, let's be honest. Uh, let's start by looking at the formation, which was what I looked at as a 3-4-2 or 3-4-1-2. Uh, the back three of Nicholas Sula, Mats Hummels, and Matthias Ginter I thought was pretty solid for the majority of the game. Uh, they did start to uh, open up a little bit and leave some holes, which is what Denmark exploited there with Poulsen's goal. But I thought on the whole that they were solid. I don't love the back three alignment. Uh, I don't love having two wing backs out there in Klosterman and Guzzins. I uh, was not, just did not like the way the team flowed or the way that they connected in that formation and I thought up top that Serge Gnabry and Leroy Sané were, were kind of a mess. Now 
Gnabry did have one great moment there in the first half where he was able to cut into his left foot and rip off a curler that hit the crossbar. But I just felt like there was zero creativity from Gnabry and Sané. I thought they were not comfortable working together in a central position. And as we saw in the first half, like as things kind of went on, uh, Sané really just started to drift all over the place. And I'm sure that part of that was by design. But uh, it just created a lot of confusion. I don't think that the midfielders really knew where any of the forward group was going to be. Thomas Muller, a man known for floating all over the place, was more static, I think, than either Gnabry or Sané. Uh, I thought Muller in his return was pretty good. Uh, he didn't do anything spectacular, was solid, led the press, uh, was very vocal, provided some of that leadership that I think they needed, but wasn't overly sharp. Had a couple of opportunities that he probably, uh, one at least he probably thinks he should have buried, but um, it was a solid effort from him nonetheless. But when you look at that, uh, for what, for a lack of a better term, top three at the formation, did not think that they were really overly great on the day. As for the midfield, uh, Florian Neuhausen, like I said, I, I had him as Meister of the Match. He was... Uh, really, really good in the first half. He had slowed down a little bit in the second half uh, in between his goal and probably the last 15 minutes where he, I thought he was really good again. Um, but uh, he worked well with Joshua Kimmich, who, again, was was not really sharp either. It was not Kimmich's best game, but he was good nonetheless. He wasn't great. Uh, but I don't love the formation. And I'm almost thinking at this point uh, – it's time to stop dilly-dallying with a 3-4-3, the 3-5-2, the 3-4-1-2, the 3-4-2-1. Why doesn't Yogi Love just buckle down, put in a 4-2-3-1, and if that means Yashua Kimmich has to play right back, then so be it. Uh, right now it's about survival and trying to win a Euros uh, championship, and I'm not sure that with a back three in any of those formations that it's going to happen for whatever reason this group is just not responding to it they don't look comfortable in it and just quite frankly it's, it's not working it hasn't worked um and this is not an overreaction to one friendly this is uh this is what's been going on the past three years let's be honest actually you could probably even go back longer uh since the 2017 confederations cup uh, Germany has really not been successful at all. Of course, we had the 2018 World Cup, which was a complete dumpster fire. And since then, it really hasn't been that much better as much as some people like Marcus Iredal might like to believe. Uh, and I do think that Yogi Love's style and his way of coaching and his strategies have just all gone stale. I don't think he's really getting through to these players uh, and I don't think the players are responding to him or his ideas right now. And I think that that's a big, big problem, especially as you head into a group that contains France and Portugal. Of course, uh, Hungary, which looked like it had a little more bite uh, up until a couple of days ago when Dominic Sabasoloy, uh ruled himself out for the Euros. Uh, I mean, Hungary is still nothing. No, they're not a team that you can walk over, but they certainly were better with Sabasoy. Um Still, Germany at this stage, you would have to figure, is uh, a firm third in that group uh, just because of the way they have played of late 
And uh, just the performance today was not very inspiring, we'll say. Uh, so where, where can you go from here if you're Germany? Obviously, uh, Yogi Love is not going anywhere before the end of the Euros. Uh, and it do, just does not look like that he's going to commit to a back four in any type of setup. It seems like he's starting to marry himself to a myriad of back three formations. And I, I do think that as much as you would like players to be flexible and versatile and be able to navigate through different formations, I don't think this group's capable of it. They just don't look comfortable. And when they're not comfortable, they're not creative. They become hesitant. And I think that that's what we saw today. Just about the only player that, that looked comfor- comfortable for the majority of the game was Neuhaus, who really, he had nothing to lose in that situation. On this team, he is probably at best the fifth best midfielder right now, or the fifth choice midfielder after Kimmich, uh, Leon Goretzka, Ilkay Gundogan, and Tony Cruz. Uh, it's just funny because Neuhaus was their best player, yet might never even get on the field. I mean, is is there a formation where you can fit all five of those midfielders on? Probably not. Um, but that's where Germany is at right now. They have a surplus of good midfielders and effective midfielders, but right now their forward grouping is just not clicking. And no matter where you classify Thomas Muller, I'm sure he'll be a part of whatever 11 Yogi Love decides to roll out against France, but he's going to have to find a way to be more impactful, and it's going to be very hard for him to to have that kind of uh, to establish that kind of footing in the game if he's working with players like Gnabry and Sané who are uncomfortable playing as central as they were. Uh, I just thought the whole formation just looked out of sync and out of whack and very choppy. They did not know how to connect in the final third. Uh, they had some good ideas at times, but just overall, it was it was not good. And as optimistic as I think a lot of people want to be about where this team is right now and, and thinking that they can rally one last time for Yogi Love and maybe pull off something special, I, I'm not so sure that's going to be the case. Uh, just based on what I've seen over the past three to four years, and where this group is headed, I'm not sure that this team is ready for this type of competition. They just do not look like they are comfortable. Now, granted, they have another friendly coming up against Latvia, and that could that could go a different way. Maybe they win by three goals. Maybe they look a lot better using a back three. Maybe there's a lot better precision in the final third from the forward grouping. But whatever the case, Yogi is going to have to find a way to make this all work if he wants to not be embarrassed. And I think everyone in the back of their minds has that 6-0 beating by Spain in the back of their heads. They, it's tough to get that out because it was just embarrassing. There was a lack of tactics, a lack of heart, and a lack of everything, a lack of fight, a lack of skill. Everything that you could not want in a team was part of Germany that game. So it was it's one of those things that will stick with you. It's hard to erase and I'll have I, I do have to admit I was thinking about that game in the second half because as soon as Denmark tied the game, uh, granted it was such a, a great play from Ericsson to Polson, but I was waiting for Germany to cough it up at that point and lose rather than thinking they could get a goal. I mean it wasn't even remotely in the possibility of what I was thinking for them to come back and tie the game. And that's really disappointing because you never want to feel like 
you are watching a game and one of the teams is completely out of it. But that's kind of where I felt with Germany there late in the game. I just thought at best they would get a tie, and that's exactly what happened. I don't think they ever seriously, seriously threatened. Uh, they just didn't have the firepower to do that. So uh, obviously this was a not a great way to start. It wasn't terrible. But uh, hey, they can only go up from here. So once again, thanks for listening. Check out BavarianFootballWorks.com to check out the match awards and observations. Obviously, we covered this uh, in depth. So if you guys could go check that out, drop some comments on this podcast. Let me know how you thought the game went and what you felt about it. Uh, Maybe you were just as uh, frustrated as I was in watching it, and I'd love to hear that. So uh, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time.